Hey, hey, hey. Alrighty, it's almost the new year, and you know what that means? Everyone starts going crazy about planning their new year, setting New Year's goals. And here's the deal. Alex and I don't plan our year. Nope, because this time of the year is busy. It's stressful. In fact, we do our strategic planning in July. But what we do do is quarterly planning. And we have a methodology we love called the Big Three Framework. We're gonna walk you through that so you can use that in your life and professional planning as well. And that is what we're going to hit today. All right, shall we hit it? Yeah, let's dive in. Hey there. This podcast was created for those of you trying to answer this question. How do I build my career to have a big impact on my community, allow more time and geographic freedom, and make money to support me and my family? I am Meredith Noble, author of bestseller, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn, and co-founder of LearnGrantWriting.org with my soul sister and operations boss babe, Alex Lustig. Alrighty, let's hit it. All right, let's get started first with why do we plan? Why do we do this? Alex, can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, for us, it really provides a roadmap. I like I like thinking about it as I don't really want to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. It's exhausting. It's draining. And the way out of that type of mentality of reacting like everything is on fire all of the time is to plan ahead. And it's just really, really exciting to be able to create a roadmap for three straight months so that we can back out of that and make sure that we're hitting our dreams, building our dreams. 100%. And I think why I'm so excited that we made time to do it today is that I find by the end of the quarter, I'm starting to feel very stressed out because we know there's stuff we want to do, but we haven't parked it on the map yet with when it gets done. And I know that one of the only things that'll totally calm my nervous system when I'm feeling overwhelmed and not sleeping well is I just need a plan. I just need to know when things are getting done. And we declare that and then we can move forward. So I think it not only helps us to your point of just get where we need to get, but it's truly an energy management tool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something that I think everyone should be thinking about to answer that question for yourself right now. Why do you plan? Okay. So when we start our planning, we have a very special tarot deck from this. Do you want to talk about it? I guess Mari in the sky. Yeah. The gentle tarot, uh, gentle tarot. We will link this in the show notes because She's so incredible, an artist in Alaska, and this deck is just insane. Uh, we hope to get her on our show yes. as a guest. Manifesting so put that. that out there in the universe, <laughs> manifesting it. So we uh, would love to like pick a card today to uh, bring some intentionality into this space because that's what we love to do when we plan. We want to manifest our dreams, and this is a part of that process. All right, so I've pulled, put the cards out, um, sent the question, the intention being like, how should we approach the planning in Q1? Would you like to pull a card for us? Yeah, sure. Mm, going deep. All right, eight of stones. Let's go have a look at what we just pulled. I give myself to my craft. It is the divine flowing through me. The satisfaction I feel from refining my skill is enough to know that I am complete when I give myself to my sacred work. Here we see a person in tune with their creation. Their strokes are gentle but precise, and they maintain the pace of a seasoned artesian. They are divinely inspired, grounded, and centered in their work. The Eight of Stones highlights focus, determination, and the interest to learn. If you have abandoned important areas of yourself that require practice, now may be a good time to try again. No pressure. Sometimes even just thinking of practicing is enough of a start. Nice and easy. Do you want to read the second half? Yeah. It's right there. If we are drawn to a certain craft, creative outlet, or area of study, it is because these things connect us to our source. 
Too often we deny ourselves what gives us pleasure. Don't make the mistake of disregarding your pull to play the guitar as just a fad or a childish idea. Sound heals. Doing what you love heals. Finger paint. Allow yourself the pleasures of creative expression that cleanse your soul. The Eight of Stones brings us into the sphere of diligence. If you're working towards a goal, remember that it takes refinement and a continuous effort. If you are close to your goal, this may be the gentle push to give it all that you have to get there. That's a very good poll. You like, know, very in line. Very in line. <laughs> what does this make you think of? Because something that we talked about at the coffee shop is uh, was set loose a little bit when we read this. What do you feel like you've been missing in your mornings? Oh, I've been missing my routine. And so we talked about, mm-hmm. because often, so we do these big pushes, right? Where we yeah. will work really, really hard mm-hmm. for like two months at a time or, or a month at a time or three months at a time. And then we find like, oh God, we need like a full week break to just like not look at our email, mm-hmm. t- decompress. And what Meredith and I were talking about was like, yes, and I actually need some version of that every day. So I need to be able to breathe every morning and maintain that habit so that, and by breathe every morning, I am breathing, but like (laughs) meditate, (laughs) sit there with my breath um, so that I can truly get through the day feeling grounded and centered. Yep, absolutely. And since I've been traveling all over the place, like not quite fully moved back to Alaska, it's been the same thing. And I said the exact same thing. Okay, I'm doing my 10 minutes of yoga in the morning. I'm journaling a half page about how my health felt the last day, right? And having my green tea in the morning, which is, that happens anyway. But yes, <laughs> yes. so I agree. I, I totally agree. I think the other thing that was interesting about this read was just that it talked all about like, this is, a um, where was it? The Eight of Stones highlights focus, determination, and the interest to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's so much about what mm-hmm. that's so much about what this planning effort is all about. So anyway, great. We don't have to dwell on it too much, or you and I can nerd out about our tarot card probably for a full yeah. half hour. So anyway, that is awesome. Let's move forward. So when so Alex and I always meet at this local coffee shop in Alaska when we do our monthly sinks. Mm-hmm. And when we do our quarterly planning, if we're not doing it off-site at a retreat. So we met and had delicious eggnog coffee and tea this morning and what was the question that we used as a prompt to get started yeah I love this so Meredith opened us up with how do you want to feel at the end of q1 and I just love this so if you haven't had a chance to breathe today like I just take this uh would love if you take this time if you're driving don't close your eyes but if you're (laughs) not driving uh just take a moment and let's breathe in through our nose And breathe out through our nose and feel into how you want to feel at the end of Q1. And not about all the things that you've accomplished. Don't list those things. Think about how you feel. Let's give that some context. Mm-hmm. So would you like to go first? No, how do you, you want me to? Yeah. So when I thought about how do I want to feel, I want to feel like we have completed, we've basically achieved product actualization is not a feeling, but for us, when we get the Grant Writing Unicorn Collective to where we know it's going, where it's heading, that feeling of we've done it, we have, we have fully built this beautiful experience out. Like I want to, I want to feel so accomplished in that and know that like there's no huge continued laundry list of things we want to do like we really hit a major milestone in rolling that out and i know i'm going to get a huge amount of satisfaction from that knowing that basically that we have done everything in our power 
to make that the most amazing, Mm -hmm. transformative experience a person can have. That you come in and you feel connected, you feel heard, listened to, and you're learning, right? And your life is changing. It is is impacted because you're inspiring yourself, but you're also really inspired by your peers. And we know that there's a couple more things we want to accomplish, which we'll talk about, but (laughs) that is, that's what I want to get to. I want to get to the end of March and I want to know that I also took time to ski and that I am outside. That is my favorite month in Alaska, and that we are not killing ourselves, that we finished that quarter really clean and you and I feel very energized and we're not trashed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what the feeling that came for me when I thought about this was that our our members and our collective just feel so supported. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of them feeling supported makes me feel supported and energized and excited. Right. And yeah, I just, yeah, it was nice to sit in that feeling this morning. It was. And I think what was helpful about it is that's how we started. So I, we encourage you to think of a prompt. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, you're welcome to just use this prompt. How do I want to feel by the end of, say, said period? We do in three-week plan, through three months. You can use any prompt you want. But what's important about it is that it is then guiding your decisions about how you plan that quarter. Right. Um, it'd be very fun to listen to Pete's snoring. <laughs> Maybe we should not record in your kitchen. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into that. So the next thing we want to talk about is this big three framework. This is a model we've been using for a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we learned that from, we learned a bit of this from our mentor, a course creator that we actually learned from, and then we've really modified and adapted it to our own planning and style. So let's break down how that works. So the big three framework do you want to start with the big three rocks? Yeah, so we have... Did I miss a step? We need to probably zoom out, which is sort of the... Like, what's your big picture plan for the year, which should always be guiding you? We already have that set because we do our strategic planning in July. So we didn't spend time negotiating and talking about that. But that is where you need to start. You want to add anything? Yeah, so basically everything is divided into three. And we love three because it's easily... It's, it's simple, right? You can come up with three goals for the year. You can come up with three goals for a week, right? You can come up with three for everything. Uh, so we'd love that. Yeah, and I think that the part that we need to zoom out for is that when you think about your quarterly plans and then your monthly and your weekly and your daily, it needs to zoom up to one question. Yeah. And it's, does this help me, boom, that goal of yours? Mm-hmm. To give you a decision-making framework for is this a good use of my time or not? And too often we take whatever our inbox sends our way and go with that as our priority, not the priorities we're setting. So that's something to be really aware of. So for us, it's like, okay, does this help us hit? And it's our big goal, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where you start. We do that in July. So we're not really talking about that. We'll talk about strategic planning in July, but the big three. So you want to have one big new project Mm -hmm. And then two maintenance projects. So how do we start with figuring out the rocks we want to choose? We write them all down. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> We'd like, here they are. They're right there. It's funny. So we basically don't, sometimes it's overwhelming because we don't know like, well, which ones should we prioritize? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we'd have like a big 30 rocks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you want to talk about that? How we just like brainstormed all of them and then we start choosing and how we go through that process? Yeah. So we brainstormed all of our big three and often, or our, uh, what we want to see in our big three for the quarter. And often we have a bunch 
And then they can sometimes feed into each other and then mm-hmm. they become a more consolidated big three. But then we pick the three that really matter the most and that feed directly to our annual goals the cleanest. Exactly. And we find that then you have to make the hard decision of mm-hmm. what is not going to be in this quarter. The problem we see often happening with goal setting is that people try to set it all highly ambitious, right? So you've got your big five goals, let's say, and you can't do it. You cannot. The context switching is too high. Exactly. And then you get to the end of your quarter, you're burned out. You didn't really get anything, anything totally done. And then you feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the power of the big three. Now here, where do we not follow the rules as well as we should? (laughs) We are chronically overambitious. So our big three are very giant. And sometimes not all of that is really in the best interest of getting to our to our annual three. Well, I would say it's not that. It's that they're not. It's they're not truly two maintenance projects. Oh well, right. Right. They're two big projects, projects. plus one maintenance project. That's hardly even a maintenance project. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we forget about the maintenance, which does take up a lot, a lot of time. time. And just keeping things going, keeping the wheels on the bus. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a rule that we broke. We'll be honest with how we are approaching this next quarter. Mm-hmm. We have too much on our plate. We did take a lot off of it. We shifted some things down, et cetera. Um, But we are not doing it totally right. And we are kind of asking for stress, if we're honest. Like if we were to slow this down and really focus on one big project and then two maintenance projects, like that is a more sustainable cadence. And that's what we really encourage you to do. Don't do it the way we do it. (laughs) Yeah, and what we're striving for. And I do think that this is... uh, it's exciting though to continue to do two big projects. No, it is. It is. And I think we're going to get there in Q2. We'll be able to be like, okay, truly maintenance projects. So shall we go through? I know (laughs) this is so true. Okay. We can't help ourselves. We like building. Okay. Should we go through what our three rocks are this quarter? Yeah. Okay. So one of the, the first rock that was, whether we wanted it there or not, is doing these grant writing cohorts. So this is something we're sunsetting in 2022, but the idea is that we teach a big group of people. In this situation, we have the Alaska Conservation Foundation. They're doing, they are connected to a bunch of Alaska native tribes and also indigenous organizations in Canada. And they are uniting them on climate resiliency type projects and helping them build their capacity in grant writing. I will do anything for this organization because we so align to the work. It's important. It's highly important. I want that capacity built at the tribal level. So that's why we're doing that. It's going to be a six-week cohort, kicks off in the middle of January, but it's intense. You know, we're going to have, who knows, 40 people in it or so. We're not even sure. You've got a bunch of live coaching calls. Like, it just changes the model. Um, And then we have Tana Chiefs Conference doing cohort with them, and then a third cohort that's Rebuilding Together National, which is a national housing organization. That's eight weeks. So... This is a big time commitment, and it's something we're trying to figure out, too, of just how do we incorporate in other advanced grant writers? So, like, I'm not the one that has to be the face all the time when there's a lot of other qualified experts. Absolutely. So there's that. Um, But I think why we're sunsetting them is for 
this, well, I guess you could talk about it. Like, how does, how do I react? Like you, yeah. you've always pushed on this. To yeah. Not do so these. it's really hard to do the enterprise contracts because they're kind of one and done, right? We get to experience these amazing folks for eight weeks right. or for six weeks, but then they leave our, our ether and our community. And so it's a lot of work to put into these, these kind of short term communities. And so what we really want to build here is yeah. long-term communities where we can really come together as unicorns. And so in our vision for, what this collective looks like of these amazing grant writers, the enterprise contracts don't always fit into that because they are very, very draining on on our energy of being able to show up for these groups of people over and over and over again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that we might want to add is that it feels like consulting. Yeah, it does. Feel it feels like, like consulting. consulting. It's a lot of customization. It's a lot of long time before you actually get paid. I mean, sometimes I mean, we started conversations with some of these organizations, it was over a year ago, it was a year and a half ago, conversations started before we actually have a contract signed and we're gonna be moving ahead with doing the cohorts. So it just takes a long time. But I think just from like a time management perspective, like you just can't kind of run two businesses in one. <laughs> True. So, um, but the real highlight to all of this is that what we've been doing is, and we haven't really talked about this with anybody yet, but we've been rebuilding my original grant writing course, grant writing from start to funded, where it all started which is a technical training on how to get funding ready, find grants, the right grants, and go after those with high odds of winning, and the grant writing technical training. And we, we closed that off this time last year. So what's cool about it is that we've just refreshed all of that content. It's, super, it's just amazing. It's getting, we're going to finish the filming this week. Yep. So that's ready for the cohorts. But we now are thinking, hey, this might be time to open that up to those that are interested in grant writing that don't necessarily want to go the collective route that we have we've built presently, which is you know for anyone that wants to build a business or land a job, right? If they're just looking to for it from a different context. So I think that's the blessing in this kind of insane period of cohorts that we're going to have this winter is that it is illuminating a path forward for the start to funded, which will roll out in April or March. March. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, should we move on to the second new rock? Yes. Okay, phase six. You want to talk about the different phases? How does that work in the collective? Sweet, yeah. So we have seven phases in the course, uh, in the online collective. And so phases one through four really get you prepped for the foundations of grant writing. You get your certificate when you finish those phases one through three. And then in phase four, we really teach you how to get to 15K in revenue as a freelancer. And by the time you've earned around 15K, you'll know if you want to go land a job or if you want to continue down this freelancing route. And then the following phases advance you, uh, advance your knowledge in either one of those two areas. So we'll build, we'll teach you how to pay your taxes. We'll teach you how to build a website, et cetera, et cetera, on the business route. And then we'll also teach you some advanced grant writing techniques and design thinking techniques and different ways that you can advance your skills as a grant writer in those mm-hmm. subsequent phases. Mm-hmm. So we're really exactly. excited to build out phase six. Yep. So phase six is all about getting to 100K a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. And look, no one does this just in a year. Like it's this is why we're structured as a membership, right? It's about that journey, building your practice. But we know you can get there. So then it's get, yeah, phase six is about getting to 100K a year and sustaining that and really paying yourself a salary, et cetera. So really excited to do that. That's going to be scripting it, the slides, filming. Mm-hmm. We love that. That's one of my favorite things to do. Okay, third rock. 
The third rock is so exciting. Yay. So this is our maintenance project mm-hmm. and it's kind of exciting because right now it's definitely a new project. So <laughs> next week we are transitioning from our Facebook group to Circle, which is a new community platform that is absolutely gorgeous. We love it. If you are a course creator out there, consider joining their community platform. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. So we are transitioning to that platform. It's really, really exciting. There's channels for different ways to connect. It's it's just beautiful. You can search it. Yeah. And I mean, the reason it came to be is that we have conversations with our members yeah. all the time. And the reality is we're getting to the size that people are getting lost. Absolutely. And you feel like you just maybe see too many introduction posts or, you know, you just don't know where to channel your conversation or you're just scrolling through Facebook and who the heck wants to do that. Yeah, we're all about energy. Scroll. Yeah, no, we don't do life that way. We yeah. are all about energy management. So what's nice about this is that it allows us to really separate out, okay, who are our brand new people have no experience that are just getting started learning about informational mm-hmm. interviews, landing a paid contract versus our more advanced grant writers who has who's made 50K so that they can be in a peer group in that way, right? So there's just so many ways for us to sort of allow people to start having these subgroups and sub conversations. Yeah. And that is going to be amazing. I know. So we're excited about that. You want to talk about also the things we're like a little bit rolling out? Yeah. So we don't have all the details on this yet, but we are definitely rolling out some um, very specific bonus training on writing techniques. So that's Mm -hmm. really exciting. That will uh, complement the grant writing portion of our training really, really well. And then within that, we are going to form some small group accountability or writing pods. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really exciting because it'll give people a chance to really connect on a more intimate level. You can be in any type of industry. You can gather, hold each other accountable to your goals. It just, I think, will be pretty magical. And we don't have the details worked out yet, but because, and we're so excited about this. I mean, a huge shout out to our community. Mm-hmm. So we have three unicorns that approached us that said they wanted to lead this. Yeah, absolutely. And they're incredible. And we get to hear yeah. their pitch on Friday. Yeah, we're going to so hear what excited. they want to do. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah, so big shout out to Frankie, Rose, and Christina. Thank you. We cannot wait to hear what you are working on. Okay, that also leads us into the informational interview challenge we'll be doing. And that will be in a subsequent podcast episode. So I'm not going to break that down here, but yeah. just a lot. So... And yeah, also, and all of that fits into one stone. So we just want to point that yeah, out. Yeah, the like, word delirious. So. <laughs> but that one stone is community. Yeah, it and is community. So when we think about breaking down those additional projects, that's the stone that right. it's leading back up to. Yeah. Just in addition to Meredith finally making her full move to Alaska yeah. and all the craziness that comes with that. So we just, we're showing you a good way, but we should... <laughs> We're still pretty, pretty ambitious. Okay. So once we've gone through that, we've figured out our big three, then we start to calendar map it. Do you want to talk through how we approach that? Yeah. So this year, Meredith actually bought like this beautiful calendar. It's like one of those big wall ones. And we take sticky notes. We wrote out our big three and then we went week by week. What do we have on there? Is it a coaching call week? Do we want to film for YouTube that week? How, you know, when do we shoot more podcast episodes, etc.? And we keep, you know, we kind of put, ideally you would have three goals for each week. Um, at this point, we're just kind of structuring out when things need to happen so that mm-hmm. we can dive in deeper from there. Yeah, exactly. And this is the part where the magic happens, in my opinion, because this is when the rubber hits a road. 
to really negotiate and talk about where do things go? Are we being practical? Are we giving this enough time? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you park something and then you remember, oh, wait, for that part of the big three tasks to happen, this has to go down. Yeah. Like the informational interview challenge. Mm -hmm. We're like, we cannot start that when we planned. It's too busy. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. And then the, the other magical part is actually planning in your rest. Absolutely. Yeah, we have weeks on here that say spring, spring break. break. <laughs> so we will be out March 14th. <laughs> it's going to be so nice. It is going to be nice. Plus a quarterly retreat, preemptively getting ready for April Q2. Yeah. So something we're always planning in advance. So yeah, they think this is where the magic happens because you need to be able to zoom out, see it in a paper format, not go right into the project management software, right? And what what else would you say about about the paper process? Anything else you'd add here that you valued? No, it's just really, it's fun to see it on the different sticky notes. It's a way more creative way of planning. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can get really nitty gritty very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so this allows me to, you know, you can't just, you can't write that much out on sticky notes. You have to stay up at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we then this goes back to the beginning of the prompt is how do we want to finish out the end of March rolling into April? And we did kind of scope out April as well. And of that, I mean, for us to have the April that you and I are looking to have, we always, of course, there's National Unicorn Day. It's a big, it's pretty much like the birthday (laughs) collective. It's a big deal. So lots going to happen then. But otherwise, we're planning like you're going to go down and see your sister for her birthday. And I'm going to go do a glacier camping ski trip. Like we are going to rest. Still have a great time. Work hard. Like factoring in life because that's the whole point. So I love that. Okay. So then what happens after we have the paper plan? Yeah, so we dive into Asana, which is our project management system. We love Asana. Mm-hmm. It shoots uh, unicorns across the mm-hmm. screen, so that's pretty exciting. It is. <laughs> and narwhals and some other magical creatures. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we break it down and we have a whole quarter that's a project in Asana, if you're familiar yep. with Asana. Exactly. So one of the sort of bizarre ways we use it, <laughs> this is Meredith's awkward use of Asana, is that we actually have the quarter... Yeah, broken out as a project. And it, yeah, it's every week of the quarter. So week one and the dates. And then below that is, okay, weekly three for everyone that's on the team. Yep. And we have a YouTube video about this that we will link in the show notes so you can see that. But essentially, um, that's our way of being able to get granular. Okay, what exactly are those tasks or anything that we as individuals need to remember or loose ends or whatever, the repeating tasks. That's like the true maintenance, right? Yep. Um, love this. And I think what I extra love about it is that we have them all archived, all past quarters. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to know how we did, what we did, there's literally a task by task playbook Mm -hmm. in Asana. It's crazy. It's like way crazy detail about how we're building this. Mm -hmm. I love it. Anything else you want to add about the quarterly plans? No, I... I, it's not the most efficient way to use Asana it's if not. you're a big organization, it's not. but it does work for the size team that we have. Right. So we are going to probably break the system. At some point. At some point. Yep. I could see that being like Q3. Yeah. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to break it and re- reimagine it because it does come to feel like a lot of memorization still of memorizing what needs done versus like truly using it where you're setting the dates and it's reminding you, but yeah, we'll get there. Okay, so that goes into the weekly three, right? We talked about that. And then that goes into your daily three. So this this big three framework, let's recap that because this is what 
we want everyone to really embody and start using in your own personal life or whatever. So, so setting your big picture vision and the question to filter, like, is this activity moving me forward towards that goal? Then there's the big three rocks. Yep. The, um, what am I missing? The weekly three that feed up to those big three rocks and then your daily three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. I love the, you know, the, while we don't always do like big project maintenance, maintenance for our quarterly three, we are pretty good about doing that for the week. Mm-hmm. So often in our yes, weekly we three, it's one project that yep. might be new and then two maintenance things. That's right. You're hundred percent And so right. that one's much more like that's much more focused on the maintenance mm-hmm. than on those bigger projects. And then from there, we also break it out into daily three. We do. We break it down into and daily so that, three. And so those daily three should then feed up to your weekly three. And what I love about this is I used to work at this job where um, I had just a million tasks. And I didn't group them into categories. So it always felt like I was that person who just responded to emails and like let mm-hmm. that dictate what I spent my time on. And I would just have this everlasting sticky note of Mm -hmm. tasks and so even if i tasked off or checked off 10 of those tasks Mm -hmm. i felt like i was unproductive and incomplete because i had 30 tasks on that list when you pick three things to focus on in a day you can finish them and if you can't Mm -hmm. finish them you can usually get to two of them and getting two out of three is a way better feeling than 10 out of 30. yep 100 and it makes you Make the choice. It's like the big three on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. What are you going to spend your time on today? And be smart about that. And take those rando little ones, put them on a loose ends day, or get rid of them, or don't do them. Yeah. Right? I totally agree with you that it it helps absolve this shame that we often have around, like, I didn't get enough done. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you did. If you're doing something meaningful, it's probably hard, and it should be like... Yeah, you might have gotten only one thing done that day, but if it was a big one, then like, that's good. Exactly. You should feel productive. Exactly. Yeah, so this is how we plan. We're a tiny team. So Alex and I are the only two full-time people. Yeah. We have part-time community manager. Mm -hmm. We've got a systems-based team that kind of plugs in. That's sort of our virtual assistant company, and they help with a ton of things. So I don't know what that's worth, like a one person and a half full-time, I guess. Who knows? So we're small, and we're moving fast. I mean, it's amazing. And it all comes down to this planning effort. And we repeat this process. We have been doing this for a year and a half, this exact process. Yeah. And we love it. And we think you will too. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else as closing, closing thoughts? No, but if you guys have any thoughts about how you plan, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Or if you do this and you find it really helpful or you liked part of it or not another one, like let us know. We'd love to hear if how you plan and if this helps. Totally. And I think don't get super worried about all the pressure that comes around goal setting in January. Yeah. Plan a quarter, plan through the end of March. Call it good. We'll all strategic plan in July. Yeah. For the year. <laughs> right? Just do a quarter. Don't don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, go us. Go everyone. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you are burned out in your career, but you know you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you aren't even sure you will like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without prior experience. So you can build that vision you have for your life faster. Two other resources to check out would be our free grant writing class on the website, learngrantwriting.org, and picking up a copy of my newest book, 
the second edition of How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. It's on Amazon or shop local and request it through your local bookstore. Okay, if you have any questions, do not hesitate to shoot us a DM on Instagram at Learn Grant Writing. Alex and I love talking to you. And that is it for now. So go forth and be a grant writing unicorn.